Hello, everyone. Hello. You are listening to Free Association, the podcast. I'm Lacey. And I'm Haley. And we're therapists. We are. We are therapists. Hopefully, I can't say we for much longer. I know. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about uh, talking about that a little bit today. I'm still, I don't, I don't know. I'll explain more later. But, uh, yeah, today's a super fun episode because we're kind of just gonna do what we did to even start this podcast, which was just like just talking as friends and right. realizing how wonderful all the shit we say is and how it needs to be shared with guys. the world. <laughs> we're gonna give you an update on our lives. If you want to send us an update on your lives, grab a glass it. of wine. Please do. Relax. Please do. Yes. Uh, and listen to us chat <laughs> about Isn't that what podcast is have you ever seen that uh meme where it's like that guy who he's like this is how i feel while listening to a podcast and it's him mm-hmm. sitting next to a billboard of like people having fun and him being like like him <laughs> acting like he's hanging out with that's them. precious <laughs> i hope that's how people feel when they listen i can only hope oh my goodness I definitely yeah. feel like I am friends with a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, the podcasters that I listen oh, to. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, I feel like I know some of them, and then every once in a while I'm like, okay, I've actually never met those people in real life, but I listen to them so much. Let me ask Georgia Hartstark for advice when it's like, just <laughs> She didn't know who I am. They were doing, they were doing, um, I think that was on, um, like, their paid listenership option, but they were doing, like, low-stakes advice for a while Ooh, there. I don't know. Yeah, so, so it was like, it couldn't be anything like real or big or important, but it was just like kind of like low stakes right. situations that you wanted advice on. But um, yeah, so we kind of just wanted, I mean, we've had some incredible interviews recently. We have. Various topics that I have truly enjoyed. Thank you so much for making all those connections for us. Um, but I kind of just wanted us to kind of get back to who we are and like get how back to our doing. roots. <laughs> our deeply rooted our deeply rooted history as a podcast oh my goodness so um first question how are you Lacey I'm doing okay I have been having some weird health things nothing serious yeah, yeah. Uh, things that I've told you about already but, yeah, yeah. um I'm getting I I'm considering getting off of birth control which is okay. one of the Things that I actually no, I am. I am getting Good. off of it uh, okay. and seeing how I do. Um, uh-huh. You are my friend that I think could relate to that the most because I know that you wanted to see what life was like without it a couple years ago. Yeah, at least. absolutely. Um, yeah. And there's just like a, I don't want to say a lot of side effects, but there's some side effects that I just don't want to live with anymore. And Absolutely. I haven't been off of birth control for like 11 years. So I just think mm-hmm. that maybe it's time to figure out who I am without it. If I mm-hmm. don't like it, guess what? My new rings in the fridge. So I'll just stick exactly. it back in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I have two months of backup just sitting there. So we'll see. Yes. Good. Yeah, I, I've definitely been interested in that as well or just like thought about that there was actually a podcast I listened to a while back that it was about um women's cycles and what that means for our like our processes like during different times of the month so like there's a certain phase of your cycle where women tend to be more creative so it was actually talking about how you can like build especially if you're like a small business owner or something you can build 
your work schedule around your cycle and realize wow. like, oh, this is a this is a rest period. This is a week I need to give myself less meetings. This is like my push week where I feel really energized and this is the week I need to like that I can really put in a lot of really hard work. Like uh-huh. it was really interesting. Um but then, like, while listening to it, I was like, I don't freaking know my cycle because, like, you, I've been on birth control for a right. while. Now, I did, like, the pills when I was um, through high school and part of college and then um, had done the implant in my arm for the uh, last few years. So, um, but, yeah, no, that's good to hear that you're just kind of realizing, like, what's best for you and what, you know, making those changes to figure out, get more in tune with your body. And, right. It's just so yeah. weird, and I feel like I've been more... <laughs> resentful of the patriarchy lately mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> it it just it makes me angry and and mm-hmm. I will be the first to admit that like if somebody had told me this like two years ago that like mm-hmm. even when you were saying that you wanted to get off of birth control I was like whoa 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 yeah. like yeah. what yeah, the yeah. fuck like that's yeah. dangerous you know what I mean <laughs> um but now I just it's it's like unfair to me that I act a certain way because of these hormones and, like, my partner doesn't have to go through these periods of not really knowing himself or struggling with controlling his body and things like that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So it doesn't make me resent him. It just makes me resent Mm -hmm. the whole idea of, like, women um, or, you know, female at birth humans, uh, Mm -hmm. people with vaginas, having to take (laughs) most of the burden off of... Um, like sex culture with mm-hmm. that, it's just not fair. I don't like it. Well, and I also <laughs> wonder too. Like, obviously, birth control has been along for a while, been around for a while, and most medications do have some sort of side effects. But I wonder yeah. if it was like a drug that men were taking, if there would be more work to improve. Yeah, side effects. If they, so that they didn't happen. Yes, because I I also <laughs> feel like, and I don't know if this um colored my decision to do this at all but I know that uh-huh. with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine you know everyone was mm-hmm. freaking the fuck out because six people out of seven million got um blood clots which blood rest clots, in peace yeah. the one lady who died that totally sucks I wish that didn't yeah. happen but yeah. it just makes me think of like most of our female populations walking around with uh mm-hmm. birth control the size uh, side effects the size of like the fucking dictionary and nobody mm-hmm. cares <laughs> nobody's yeah. trying to make it better i mean better. i'm sure yeah. there are companies safer, trying to make it better yeah, yeah and also i love you know i love the freedom to choose whether you want to take yeah. birth control or not it's just for me lately i've just been resenting it a lot so I'm yeah. like, well, I don't... well and even just feeling more of those side effects and realizing that for you the side effects are now no longer outweighing the benefits yes. of taking it. So it's Dude, like, it's I not. miss my IUD. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. That was good times. Low yeah. side effect Back birth control. <laughs> Maybe I'll try it again one day. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's something too. Like there are other ways, and I think they're just like a lot of people maybe are just scared of them in general because it might put a little bit more work on the woman in different ways. But there are other ways to prevent pregnancies, like, you know, like taking your temperature and just really learning your cycle and when you can actually have right. a baby is helpful right. and things yes. like that. So, and um, yeah, my friend who works for Planned Parenthood, too, was like, uh-huh. Lacey, condoms are also 99.9% effective when mm-hmm. used properly. And I was like, you're right. Like, so why... <laughs> 
<laughs> Why does everybody do both? You should do both yeah. if you're probably yes, you should. If you if you, you don't know, um, if you are perhaps in a non-monogamous relationship, if you have multiple partners, mm-hmm. things like that, for sure use both. Yeah. Um, but yeah. as a person in a very monogamous relationship. It's kind of like, why was I using both? I'm pretty yeah. sure neither of us want to get pregnant. Yes. So, I mean, not yes. that he can, but neither of us want me to get pregnant. Yes, so, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, that's been an interesting choice lately. I feel like there's been a lot of big choices that have been happening for me. And so that's just one yeah. of them that makes me really nervous. But I'm sure we Yeah, can. yeah. I just health wise for me well one goofy story the other day I like kind of tripped down the stairs I'm fine I was facetiming while walking down the stairs in heels and carrying a lot of things so like shouldn't shouldn't have been a thing I did in general um but I definitely tweaked my ankle and the swelling has gone down which is good okay and I've had ankle injuries when I was younger so I know it's not like a sprain or anything Uh serious uh but it was just just enough to like oh it hurts to put like pressure on it but um I'm obviously not going to the doctor because doctors are expensive (laughs) and I'll be fine. And then, um, oh, just like mental health wise, like I need to schedule therapy, Lacey. I'm so, I don't know. I just get really inconsistent with my therapy sometimes. And I don't know if it's like, I mean, I probably need to do some further exploration with my therapist about why this happens. Because I remember that this happened towards the end of my last, uh, when I was in the serious relationship that... Like, I kind of had, like, not the homework, because it was a collect, not a collective decision. Through my session, we determined that that relationship needed to end. It sure. wasn't something Amy told me to do, but I, it, we, like, through the discussion, we learned yeah. that that was what needed to happen. And then I definitely put off ending it, and then, therefore, also put off going to therapy, because I don't like disappointing anyone, including oh. my therapist. And I wonder, I need to figure out the timing of when my last session was, but I wonder if it was similar in that... She was encouraging me to not necessarily end the person that I was talking to at the sure. time, but just, like, be more firm with boundaries and things like that that I needed to do, absolutely. And maybe that's when I stopped seeing her again, because I don't even think she knows Ooh. that I'm no longer talking to that person. So, <laughs> I mean, she definitely doesn't know I'm no longer talking to that person. I'll tell her. No, um, I'm just kidding. Okay. I have therapy on Tuesday, <laughs> so I'll be like, no, just I, let you know. I, well, I need to do what you do and just set the, the monthly you know, at first Tuesday of the month or whatever. Like right. that is I what just, I need. I just recently got back into that because okay. I have been, this is another thing that I, you know, attribute to my birth control. I'm sure it has something to do with it, my hormones, but I've been having like mm-hmm. so much more anxiety lately, like to the point mm-hmm. where literally my, I went to the dentist and my gums were bleeding and she said that and that's never happened to me before because I have, like, really healthy oh my gums. Oh, my gums always bleed. And okay. she was like, literally, your gums bleed because you're under stress. <laughs> she was like, oh, if shit. you feel stressed and there's no other reason, like, she said that uh-huh. there was no other, like, you know, sorry to be gross, but, like, plaque buildup or anything like yeah. that that, w- that could have caused yeah. the bleeding yeah. and the pain. And she was like, it might be stress. So... I think what I did was I realized that I was being inconsistent and I realized that therapy helps and also like, you know, I do my budgeting stuff. So I think that budgeting and knowing that, you know, X paycheck I'm going to have to pay for therapy, um, helps me stay on top of my payments more. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, I just recognize that like my symptoms of my mental illness were becoming more, 
prominent and less uh, checked. And so I was like, I need to yep. put myself on this schedule so that I yes. can, you know, be accountable for my own wellness. Because yeah. I think that, and what you say about, <laughs> about um, not wanting to disappoint your therapist, I feel like that, mm-hmm. that's a real feeling. I mean, that's mm-hmm. um, when you, I, I know a couple of times um, our therapist has told me things that I really didn't want to hear um, mm-hmm. or that I was in denial about for forever. And so it was really hard mm-hmm. to hear her say it. I kind of like turned on her a little bit. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a thing to either not want to listen out of defensiveness or not want to listen mm-hmm. um, because you're worried that you're not going to heed her words or her logic. I don't want to say advice because she doesn't give yeah. advice. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that you're not going to do it was definitely, what yeah. you came to a conclusion to do and then she's going to be disappointed, which we both know does not happen, but still. Yes. It's still a yeah, real yeah. fear. I think it's like, because yeah, we've talked about this before. Sometimes when you leave therapy, you're just like, I don't I mean this is not always the time therapy is really really hard and sometimes you leave therapy and you're like a ball of mush and you can't function and that's fine right. too but I feel like oftentimes when I leave therapy I'm like super empowered I'm like okay yes. I'm gonna do this this and this like I got this I know the right thing to do like there's so much clarity and then like the real world just like seeps back in that I'm like oh no oh no no I don't want to do those things that I know I should do but I don't want to um which has been uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so much to, to think about related to, like, being okay with letting other people down. Um, but a lot of, like, the anxiety that I've carried recently and at times, like, experiencing, like, depressive uh, symptoms, yeah. I think, have been related to relationships with guys that have been had their ups and downs. Poop heads. For sure. Sorry. <laughs> what? Yes, yes. Those <laughs> are dumb. I mean, if you're a boy and listening, you're not dumb. But apparently the men I've been talking to lately are not the most ideal for me. One so, of them is dumb. Um, One of them is probably not ideal for you. One of them's just okay. dumb and stupid and horrible. <laughs> we need to come up with code names for them so that I can actually have straight up conversations about them. But I mean, none of them listen and also they're fine. Uh, <laughs> not that I asked for consent to talk about them, but they'll never listen. Um, no, but I mean, there was one person that I was seeing for a few months and... Ay, ay, ay. Lacey, going into that, I knew, I knew that was a bad idea. Oh, but I the whole did time. It. Everyone knew it was a bad idea. Literally everyone knew. And I don't know what it is about me that I just got to check for myself. <laughs> and I did. And it didn't end well. Um, no, I'm okay now. It was just, they were not ready uh, for what I needed. And I think that... Uh, I continue to strive to be what other people need um, yes. at the, my own expense. It was, and I did that, and uh, in the process, I got I started to develop like serious feelings for this person. Right. And then they continued to not be what I needed, just like from the beginning, and then it was disappointing. I don't so. think that they were necessarily... I don't think that the problem is necessarily that they weren't what you needed. I think that it was that they were manipulating you. And it's very yeah. hard to see when you are being manipulated. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I think, yeah, you know, your, um, strong will and your mm-hmm. need to figure things out for yourself definitely played a role. But if you're being manipulated by someone who's really good at it, uh, of course you're not going to see what everyone else is telling you because they don't let yeah. you see it. Um, yeah. and <clears throat> also 
it's easy, I think, especially in this kind of dating environment where people don't meet your friends, um, especially because of COVID, uh, yeah. anytime early in the relationship, uh, yeah. to think, you know, my friends just don't know him or, or they don't get yeah, it yeah. or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. want to stick up for him. And I think that that's like really normal. And hindsight is yeah. 20 fucking 20. Yeah, there was things that I just overlooked and I need to like figure out why I do that or why, I don't know. I remember after my relationship ended with Taylor, I like had a lot of self-doubt in terms of like trusting my gut because there was a lot of times in that relationship where I would feel like he was upset and I would ask him if he was upset and he would say no. Right. So then I started to like internalize the idea that I didn't have a great awareness of other people's emotions or that Question my gut feeling reality. of how other people... Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that I had hesitations um, with the guy that I was talking to, but that I was just like, no, you're overreacting or you're just being anxious. Not even overreacting, because a lot of them I didn't necessarily react to him in the moment. Sure. Um, and there was a particular incident. I'm still so disappointed in myself that I did this, oh. but... Um, what's the silence is the something of shame? Fuck, I don't know. It's a Brene Brown thing. Basically about, like, how when you talk about the thing that you're ashamed about, it, like, kills the shame. Or, like... Sure. Yeah, I don't... There's a quote that's nice. I'm looking that. it up. Go um, on. Okay. So, yeah. No, I've talked about this, but the time that I, like, I experienced a lot of jealousy when I was with him. And he was pretty recent, very recent, out of a long relationship. So, like, he... Ver- externally processed a lot of his breakup with me, which at the beginning I definitely welcomed because I could tell he was hurting mm-hmm. and my desire to help and be there and support someone was at the forefront. So it was just like, oh my gosh, what do you need? How can I help? Like, I have sure. gone through a rough breakup. So I was like, I know what you're feeling. I know yeah. how hard this is. Like, whatever. But then it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm done hearing about your ex girlfriend. Like, this is getting weird because, like, we're spending time together and you know so um but yeah so I was developing a lot of feelings of jealousy which was weird for me because that's not a feeling that I felt a lot in previous relationships mm-hmm. and oh God. so then one time I looked at his phone and his messages okay you were also following a I'm recipe so and something popped I up was. Something popped up. Uh, I was borrowing his iPad to, um, yeah, to do a recipe. And some his messages were popping up with a coworker. And the coworker had said something about, like, oh, are you still, like, hanging out with Haley? And his response was, oh, I'm not talking to that girl anymore. Like, I'm seeing another girl. Mind you, I'm in his apartment. Cooking him cookies. <laughs> cooking him dinner while he's, like, probably pooping or something. Because he's a boy and that's all they fucking Ew. do. Ew, what? So, I'm right. So I like such a spaz. I'm like panicking. Like so, he gets out of the bathroom, and I'm literally just like packing my bag, and he's like, like dinner's like on the stove, still cooking, and I'm like, hey, um, I'm gonna go, and he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm leaving, and he's like, wait, what's going on? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to talk. I was just like freaking out, but I like did it. I was so embarrassed that I looked at his phone that I didn't want to admit. Right. But that's why I was mad because I also had to admit that I looked at his phone, which was so not cool. So, but of course he like didn't understand why I was leaving in the middle of like hanging out. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I immediately one assumed he was talking to someone else, which we how were like 
exclusive or we had a conversation about not talking to other people yeah, while yeah. we were spending time together or while we were getting to know each other so that would have been a surprise and then two it was like also I went into this like really negative cycle of like he's embarrassed of me he's ashamed of me he doesn't want to tell his friends about me like that whole like loop which is just not a good place to be Creating don't recommend narrative it narrative around exactly yeah 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 so um <clears throat> Eventually, I said something about, like, I saw your messages from so-and-so. Why are you lying about me? Why are you, like, why are you, are you talking to other people? Like, whatever. And it was just, of course, he was mad that I looked, which I, the entire time, was like, that was not okay. Right. I should not have done that. I'm super sorry. But I'm also feeling very thrown off by the fact that you told this person that you're not seeing me anymore. Yeah. And we've been seeing each other for, like, two months. So, like, right. that feels weird. Um so, like, that probably could have been, like, a, okay, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't a thing I should continue. But I did. I continued. Um, and then towards the end, there were some indicators that things were, like, shifting or changing, whatever. Um, and I just, like, chose to see that as, like, him needing certain things or him, you know, needing space to process and right. all this stuff. Um and we had tried this idea because basically we got to this point where I was developing serious feelings and he was not there yet. Um, the conversations we had were about the fact that he was still working on grieving the ending of his last relationship, yeah. or, you know, which is understandable. It was a long one. Um, so the idea was that I would give him space and time that we would have away from each other for him, one, to process by himself, sure. like that breakup, but also to be able to figure out if he could get there with me like if it was a possibility because if it wasn't that I needed to move on mm -hmm. um then after everything ended he may or may not have been seeing people during that break so that was not a fun feeling so I was so mad and now he's not together with the ex so it's fine everything's fine I feel like I wasted three months of my life and I'm trying to remind myself that people are not a waste of time and that there's a lesson in there, and I know it's there. And I probably don't could tell you what it is. The lesson is there. You just again. gotta listen to the damn lesson, girl. <laughs> Even though it's but not the I same do... person, the lesson can be applied to other people. That's true. Which That's is true. people can't. You can't will people to be who you need them to be. Mm. And so my question is though, how long? Like with. With Matt, was he who you needed to be the day you met him? Or, like, you obviously need time to figure out if the person is who you need them to be, right? So, like, in my mind, yes. like, three months wasn't a reasonable amount of time to figure that out. But, like, oh, yeah. in that time, I also developed strong feelings and there was a lot going on. And, like, you know, so it was, like, a part of me, a lot of the time was telling myself to give it more time to figure out what it was or figure out where it could go and all of those things. But right. I feel like from the outside, everyone, like, two weeks in was like, this isn't good. Or this is bad, you know? And I felt like I needed the time to figure out what it was. But right. so how so, do you know? So this is what I've seen uh, because mm -hmm. I've had many, and I'm sure I've made this fucking argument before, but I've had many friends um, make that point. And, and, you know, I mm -hmm. just want to invest time in it, see where it goes. Um, yeah. And, like, when Matt and I met... I didn't really have, I mean, I was casually dating. I didn't have any expectations because I was um, just a couple months out of a relationship. And also, God love him, he was yeah. a little bit of a rebound from someone who ghosted me. So 
Uh, I didn't need him to the be The best rebound ever? <laughs> I, I, I didn't have many expectations for what I wanted him to be, besides just, like, yeah. somebody to date. Now, I think the difference yeah. between going into the dating scene wanting a relationship is uh-huh. a whole different expectation in and of itself. And mm-hmm. that requires both of the people to want to invest this time into the relationship. And to say that, to say, mm-hmm. I want to invest this time into the relationship and see where it goes, not to say, like, not to, I, I guess, pacify your assertion that that's what you need by just mm-hmm. agreeing. And yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't seem yeah. like the guys that you're dating are asserting their needs because I don't think that they know what they are besides just like enjoying you and wanting to be around mm-hmm. you. Whereas mm-hmm. your needs are, Hey, a, I need a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like being your friend, this is what I see. A, yeah. I need someone who is going to be reliable, upfront and honest and not, you know, play any games. Uh, yeah. B, someone who once over their ex girlfriend. Yeah, someone who's over their ex girlfriend <laughs> and is not, not actively stalking list. her, right? Um, and then more red flags, right? And then see, just you know, someone who, in the end, whether it's with you or not, wants a relationship. And even if you know, you just not just talking about you, but anyone, even if someone's just in like a sexual relationship and it's, um, and it's, uh, two-sided is that what I'm trying to say it's mutual like it's mutually just a sexual relationship I definitely think that those can work but once um it starts to become more for another person I think that those expectations and those needs need to be expressed and the other person has to be brave enough and honest enough and know themselves enough to just be like I can't meet those or yes Mm -hmm. I actually can I I have feelings for you too let's you know continue this mm-hmm. um yeah and those are just the two ways that it needs to go and if it's anywhere in the middle i think that that's more self-destruction in dating so how how much time do you think people need to really even know if they have those feelings because that's the other thing like you know the person i'm talking to now i've been spending time with recently um he reminds me a lot of one of my really good guy friends so uh-huh. i was kind of talking to my good guy friend about like can you please help me read this human? Because I feel like I just don't know where this guy's head's at. And I feel like I've tried to ask direct questions. And I don't think he's trying to, like, scoot around the answers. Like, right. I don't picture that at all. I just think that, I think in general, he's a very just chill, laid-back guy. Sure. So I think even if you ask him, like, how he feels, he's like, oh, it's all good. Like, you know, just he gives me a very chill, laid-back answer. Right. And I'm like, you know. So he was like... You know, he was like, you say he's like me, and, like, I need a lot of time to develop feelings for someone. Like, I need a lot of, like, he was saying that him personally, obviously he's not the exact same person, but he was like, I see a lot of similarities in my personality, and he's like, I just really, really, really take my time getting to a place where I have feelings for someone. It's not like, it takes a lot of time. So, then I'm wondering, like, how to frame that discussion. I am very much the kind of person that develops feelings quickly. And I think part of it is that, one, I just, I really love getting to know people. I love, um, I also just love, like, understanding why they are the way they are. And I think that I just have a lot of appreciation for different kinds of people. So even though, like, 
Taylor is very different than the guy I was talking to a few months ago who's very different from the guy I'm talking to now. Yeah. Like, there are so many things that I like and appreciate about each of those people, even though they're so, so different. Uh-huh. Um, so, I don't know. I think I'm just trying to... I mean, dating's hard. <laughs> dating's very, very hard. <laughs> dating's hard when you also just, like, throw your heart around like a freaking beanbag chair. Not a beanbag chair, a hacky sack. I, was <laughs> I mean, you could all... It's kind of big to be throwing around. <laughs> Jesus, depression. You could throw it around, but, like, no. I don't... I don't know. I remember my mom telling me um, after my uh, breakup with Taylor that my dad is always worried about me because I wear my heart on my sleeve and he knows that means I'm always going to get hurt. You're a very vulnerable person. I am. Which is Which is a strength as long as you can hold those boundaries. Here is my answer to the all of my 85 questions I just asked you. (laughs) Okay. You need to be on the same timeline and Mm -hmm. if you're not uh not you, just anyone. I think that a couple needs to be on the same timeline, not in terms of commitment, but in feelings. Um, I just, okay. I just think that for either party to not get hurt, there has to be some sort of mutual feeling, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what, what I'm, what was I going to say? So I have basically, a question for you. Oh, sorry. Wait, basically, if you, if you can't. I don't here here's what I want to see as your friend I don't want to see you sacrificing your needs continually waiting for someone to give you what you need um when a they need time which is completely respectable but then go be Mm. with someone who also needs time you know what I mean who's more compatible um and I also just it seems to me like and I think we've talked about this before that it's kind of that uh, scarcity mindset. Like, if mm-hmm. this hot guy who I like to, you know, be intimate yeah. with, yeah, yeah. who's a wonderful person, doesn't yeah. give me the commitment and the feelings that I have for him, then, you know, I just got to wait around till he does just in case. You know, it might not yeah. be just in case I don't find someone like that again, but just that he is a quote-unquote rarity right Mm -hmm. and he's a good person and you don't want to let that go and I think that that makes a lot of sense but essentially I just think that there needs to be a lot of parallels and I'm thinking about like with Matt and I I said that I loved him probably like you literally read my mind this is a question I was gonna ask you I I said that I loved him like six months before he said he loved me yeah but there was never a question in his feelings for me just Uh because that word wasn't there doesn't mean that he was being aloof with how he felt um doesn't mean that he was you know wishy-washy with commitment like it was always us we were definitely on the same timeline in terms of what we wanted out of a relationship and that we wanted it to be a relationship right yeah And that word just, when it did happen, to me it just meant a lot of trust and safety and security that I knew was there, but that he he was able to acknowledge in the emotional, intelligent uh, amount. What? What am I saying? Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) And the emotionally intelligent stage that he was in. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I think as therapists, we're always going to be 
a little bit more emotionally intelligent than our partners. Um, yeah. Obviously, as we get older, I'm sure that our part like our partners will learn more about themselves and you know we'll, we'll change our dating demographic. <laughs> but because we know it on a like educational and personal level, I think that we just have a different yeah. relationship with our emotions, and it makes it harder. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I just think that if somebody says, you know, I'm cool with what we are right now. I want yeah. something more. I think that I can see it with you, but I need time for those feelings to grow. That yeah. to me says a lot more than I'm cool with what we're doing now. I like yeah. you. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Some yeah. intention behind the words about the relationship. Some intention. Are are yeah. you in this with intent or are you with this with contentment? And those yeah. are two totally different things. Yeah. I think the way I even have, like, <laughs> this is goofy. I literally have, like, a paragraph that I send. Not like I got it from Google. Like, I made these words. But when guys ask me on dating apps, like, what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. um, I'll read it real quick. Yay! I, I'm really proud of it. It's not that long. It's, like, three sentences. But it's just, like, what I say because I feel like I also want to be, like, upfront with people um, <clears throat> in terms of what I'm looking for. And, like, I don't know that I've ever had a guy be like, I also want a relationship. Like, I don't know if, like, most guys typically respond with, like, oh, I just go with the flow and see where things go. Like, that is, like, 9.9 times out of 10, (laughs) like, the response. Right. So I always say, uh, I'm enjoying the process of dating at the moment with the hope of getting to know someone who has values, who values similar things and is in a place that they are ready for a relationship. That's great. But I feel like the word, I mean, I don't know. Everyone just kind of says, like, oh, I just want to see where it goes. Or no one's serious on these dating apps. Or, like, just, like, stupid shit like that. But I'm just, like, okay. And I'm not, I don't know. I do feel like I've made a lot of progress with the scarcity mindset. Specifically Mm -hmm. with, like, feeling like guys that would pick me. Like, I feel like I'm now in a place where I'm, like, a shit ton of guys would pick me. Like, that's fine. Which is great. I love being on the side of that. Yeah. Um, Girl, sometimes I literally sit back and I admire, like, what a hottie you are. I'm like, God damn, Haley is playing the game. She's gorgeous. (laughs) She's, like, getting it. I love to see it. And it's just so, like, I, it's just really cool (laughs) to see someone be so, like, you're, I feel like you are a very successful dater, even if you do get hurt um, sometimes. I think that you... You always, you know, get back out there and are ready to be vulnerable again. And I think that's what makes, like, a successful dating person, so. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely been... I mean, it's so funny, too, because, like, the first... The first in-person date that I ever had was Taylor. I know! we dated for two and a half years. I know! I feel like it was just, like, the first, like... That was the first, like, date I'd gone on with someone that I'd never met before. Like... Like, high school dates, obviously, I knew those guys. And, like, right. college dates. I was friends with them first, then we went on a date. Like, Taylor was the first, like, I am meeting you for the first time on this date type of thing. Um, and it's funny, like, how long we were together. And I was just today, I was, like, driving, and I was thinking about, like, how different my life is now from, like, when I was in that relationship and we were living together. And, like, and yeah. not even, like, a pros and cons type of way, but just, like, yeah, be, dating's weird. I like it. I do like it. Um, and I definitely have to take breaks sometimes because sometimes I'm just like everyone's shitty. Sure. Um, 
but yeah I'm also just not used to like not being in a monogamous relationship like so like the idea of like I'm getting better at it but initially like talking to more than one guy at a time was so overwhelming and like they like I'm not not that it would be cheating because I'm not in a relationship with anyone but I typically let the other guys know that I'm talking to other people so yeah which it's is just, I just don't like wonderful. keeping secrets. Healthy. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, but yeah, I don't know. Dating's just been a bit of a whirlwind. With the guy that I'm talking to now, I felt like feelings weren't developing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm feeling like they are, but now I'm getting worried his aren't. So you just gotta be straight I don't know. up, baby. I know. I think next time we hang out in person, I will broach a conversation yes. because I don't even. Um, I was thinking about that text message that I sent him to try to get a little bit more feelings out of him. I always give men an out, and I need to stop doing this. Yeah. I always, like, ask them a yes or no question, but then, instead of just leaving it the yes or no question, I give them, like, an alternative. Okay. So, like, what I said to him was something along the lines of, like, do you see this, do you see, like, you and me getting to a place where we could be in a relationship, or... Would you prefer like I could have just left it there? It would have sure. been yes or no, right? But I didn't want to. Yeah, that's because I didn't want the no. So I added, or would you prefer like something more casual? Right. That's like, insightful. That I wouldn't oh. have even caught that about. Oh, no, I didn't do it in the. I didn't realize it in the moment. It but was like still. a week and a half after. I'm like, gosh dang it! Why did I do that? I should have just left it that because then thinking about how he interpreted that question, it's like okay, so. Is she asking, do I want a relationship or do I want something casual? Or is she asking, like, you know what I mean? Was, that was two separate questions. And that shouldn't I have get been it. Put yeah. Together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of reassurance in like him enjoying our time together. And when we are together, he's very uh, like affectionate, which I love. I, I think really he like really likes you. I mean, I, I'm a fan. You know I'm a fan. But <laughs> yeah. I'm also like, figure out what the fuck you want dude i know <laughs> or leave my friend alone <laughs> yes that's yeah um we're just so yeah i feel like we're just at an age what Cassie said we're almost 30 why the fuck are we doing this anymore it's yes. like just anything in the gray area okay. it just needs to die like just yeah. say what you mean mean yeah. what you say every adult go to therapy please um, yes. Just, also, don't go to couples therapy while also trying to have sex with someone else. Yes. Yeah. For a second, I thought that you were like subtweeting me about going to couples therapy, and I was like, we oh, didn't have sex oh with anyone God. else. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know who we're talking about. The appropriate yeah. way. Fuck that guy. Who He's... Don't do it. Oh, in appropriate ways. Men are the worst. No, they're not. They're not. They're not the worst. Yes, but they I are. definitely have days where I'm like, "Fuck men, they're the worst." Can I tell you that my salsa teacher, whom I love dearly, he is a wonderful uh-huh. man. Um, uh-huh. he, <laughs> he when he so my friends and I have been taking um, it's salsa bachata um, and kazumba. this is so cool. I love that you're doing this. Yes, it's so fun. Like our friend Kara, who we interviewed probably a while ago. Um, she kind of, like, just got a couple friends together, was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, bitch, I don't do anything physical ever. <laughs> like, I might as well. And I fucking love it. We're doing five more classes because we just finished our previous five. Um, and we're oh. like, we want to do all of them again. Um, yeah. 
So we, he always says, so the leaders are traditionally men. Um, and okay. he will always be like, the leaders will do this. The leaders will do that. You always basically have to be on the defense and like, they're going to try mm-hmm. and put their like hand on your hip and like, they're going to mm-hmm. push you this way, pull you that way. And finally I was like, dude, you are not making me want to dance with anyone else but you ever. Yeah. Like I really, yeah. and he's like, it. no, I'm not trying to like make you afraid of the leaders. I was like. Too late, I already hate all of them. Like, you make them sound awful, and I don't like them, and I will just, you know, dance with my girlfriends when we go to the clubs, he always says, and I'm like, when are we having clubs again? I don't know. Um, Seriously. But it's just so funny, and last night he was doing it again, because in the previous session he was like... 50% 50% of the leaders are like this. 50% Stop. like trying to that. tell me. And then last night I was that. like, last night I was like, hashtag not all leaders. Because he was like <laughs> saying something again. And I was like, yeah, I hate them. That's the thing. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Funny. That's so funny. I'm glad you've been doing things. That was another question I wanted to ask you. How have you been feeling about, and obviously coronavirus is not over. Actually, you know my supervisor, both of her parents are in the hospital with COVID. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I know. I know. So sad. But yeah, so oh. COVID is definitely not over. Yes. But you and I are both fully vaccinated, have had gatherings with other vaccinated humans. Uh-huh. How have you been feeling? How's your anxiety been? Like going to those things? Where are you at right now with that? Um... Anxiety is actually pretty good. I keep uh, looking at the CDC guidelines to be like, is this still safe? Because it feels too good to be true. Um, Yes. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, I don't think that I feel all that anxious anymore. Um, We did have a couple uh, clients in the building who got COVID, but they weren't vaccinated. Um, Okay. And so that's kind of just been making me like a little nervous, but I don't fear for myself anymore. Um, I really, I I Mm -hmm. did, but most of my precautions were to keep other people safe, not really myself. Yeah, Um, yeah. absolutely. But I am feeling more hopeful. I think that a lot of the negative things that we see about vaccines are, Mm -hmm. I don't think that people realize how much weight a negative comment has um when it comes to these uh mm-hmm. there's also obviously been a lot of political stuff with um you know knowledge and, and accessibility with the vac- vaccines but um me myself I feel better I feel better good, good, um, good. I feel yeah. like anxiety in general my anxiety is still pretty heightened but like about yeah. COVID is much less what yeah about you? okay that's great. I I think I felt pretty good about it. It still feels weird to just be able to, like, make plans with people. Yes. Like that. I was just talking about to that, like, how nice it's been, like, being able to see, like, you and Brie and Kenzie a few times uh-huh. and just, like, being all together. It's just like, ah, this is so nice. I forgot how nice this is. So um, nice. But like you said, definitely feels a little bit too good to be true still. So, um, I don't know. I do feel like I've, like, kind of anxiety-wise let my guard down quite a bit. Uh-huh. Um. But then, like, hearing about my supervisor's parents, I was just like, damn. That this. fucking sucks. Both of them, yeah. And they're in two separate hospitals. Do they have pre-existing conditions? I don't know. I don't know much more, okay. like, specific. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so it's, I believe they're in Kentucky, so they're a different state, but okay. um, they had to be put in different hospitals, which is just so sad that one was, like, overflowing, so they had to move one of them. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's just been nice to be able to get back to certain things that are safe now, and um, I'm already trying to, like, wrap my head around the summer and what that's gonna look like yeah. uh even for me like for work which is a good segue into like our professional updates work updates <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna have like no, no segments of our podcast just kidding we'll, we'll never be that organized it's fine uh so applying for a job I don't did I talk about my failure last fall when I didn't get you did because I believe that we took a little hiatus um me and my hiatuses. Literally, anytime something bad happens, I'm like, I'm gonna never podcast again. I mean, <laughs> we basically just do this for our own fun. So yeah, that's we, true. although that's true. there is uh, one of my friends, one of my Michaels, um, which uh-huh. is the only one who I think is still around. Uh, Michael D, if you are still listening, text me because all of my numbers got deleted. Text, text and Lacey I... a password, <laughs> code word, and you win a. Clappy hands emoji, because we're happy you're here. Yeah. Oh, I miss him. What should the password be? What should the password that he has to text you Octopus. Octopus is always my everything. That's a good... Oh, well, don't tell us that. Now we can get into... No, it's actually never my actual password. (laughs) I just... But it's always, like, if it's, like, a code word, like, say octopus. Okay. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, But one of my Michaels was a contestant on... It's called America's Next Out Podcaster, and... It's like this podcast competition that he thinks that we should enter next year. Um, I we don't, should totally do it. Yeah, we need to do it. I don't really that know how fun. it works, but we need to do sure, it, you can obviously. Tell us. <laughs> but yeah, so tell us about, say, uh, yes, uh, okay, should I say so, it? I don't know if it's only... I don't... Ah! No! Ah! <laughs> Damn it! Scream and put that over what Okay, I will. I will. That means this is gonna have to wait till tomorrow to come out because I was like, if I make no mistakes, I can put it out tonight, but too bad. No, no. Uh, no. Okay, go on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so there was a job that I applied for last fall, which was my dream job. I wanted it so bad. Literally felt like why I went to school. That was fall? I thought that was spring. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. I started applying in the spring. I got rejected in the fall. So I think Mm. that's why I'm thinking about because the application process is very long. Um, got rejected in the fall. Sucked. Um, another part that additionally sucked was the, that I was very happy for my two friends for getting it, but that I didn't. And the three of us but applied that's together. Still, yeah, so it's hard. It was just shitty. Uh, cried a bunch. Really down on myself for a while. Um, had to talk about it a bunch in therapy because I have a really hard time. This sounds so cocky to say, but like I don't fail at jobs often <laughs> like, uh that's not cocky at all that's i've the truth. never not gotten a job i applied for <laughs> actually there was one other job that i applied for that i didn't get um but that one was a little bit of a reach in terms of my experience but this one it was just like it was everything i wanted it so badly um and didn't happen and i'm applying for it again this year and i'm nervous as hell and i feel like that's part of the reason i'm like stalling but Did i literally you turn your shit it. yet no, I have my resume Haley. done. I just, okay, I'll do it after this. That's the thing. I don't know if I'm just like, I don't know. I'm so nervous. I'm like not even going to get interviews this time. Because there was also like this huge, like, I thought when I got that job that I would be leaving my current job. Like right. I, and it felt like I had it. Like it, 
I don't know if I was just too confident. No, or you got through every me, like, stage, and you had an inside connection, and you just got yeah. dealt uh, not your match in terms of schools. Yeah. So, um, then it was, like, a whole thing I had to go through, like, accepting. Not that I had to stay in my job, but because, obviously, I always have the ability to leave if yeah. I have a job. Yeah, but But that still. I knew I didn't want a lateral move in terms of income. Like, I didn't want to do another job where I got paid similar. Right. I didn't want to go through the whole process of leaving my current job just to make a lateral move financially. Right. I wanted it to be, like, a significant raise so that I would feel, like, not that it was, like, a better decision, but I don't know. I just felt like I needed you that. You feel like you were growing to reassure me. oftentimes. Yeah, yeah. Ways. So when I got rejected, it was just kind of like, okay, I guess I'm just going to stay at my job another year. So I need to make some kind of commitment to myself this year that if I get rejected in the fall... I still look for other jobs because I've just been, um, I don't even want to say, un- I've just been burned out for a very long time. Right. And uh, there are months that I handle my burnout better, and there are, like, kind of, like, waves of, like, energy where I feel less burned out, but then burnout always comes back, and I genuinely just think I need a new job. So, um, <laughs> hopefully just send positive vibes into the universe that it goes well this time um I'm so nervous I don't know I think it's just I was telling talking about this in our group text a little bit I feel a little stupid that I'm reapplying like I feel like it feels a little bit desperate so I don't it's know Maybe not I just desperate it shows commitment to the company and it yeah. shows uh excitement for the position because if you just gave That's up true. after you were rejected then yeah. you obviously I really do think that it shows that you are excited about this particular position, which is what people want to hear. They want you to be yeah. excited about doing the job at their place, not yeah. just, like, doing the job anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I knew this job was coming when our city got this huge grant. Like, right. I knew this job was coming to... Ah! Like, two years before it ever even came to... Ah! Right. And I wanted it. Like, I, kn- I just have never wanted a job where in my life. And I don't know. I would, it would just be incredible. It's, it's definitely why I went to grad school. It's why I picked the concentration that I did with children, youth, and families in the school setting. Like right. it is a hundred percent what I saw myself doing as a social worker. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I got to sell it better this time. I'm also genuinely hoping they do in-person interviews because oh my doing God. Zoom interviews was horrible. Last I'm summer, actually so, sure that they will week. now that schools are back in session. Like you'll probably, God, I, hope so. I mean, they'll probably be like, show me your vaccination card, but still. Mm-hmm. So that's my big, not many changes or updates in um, my current position, but just, I guess, just hope for the future and, like, a little bit of cautious optimism. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay, tell me about your job. A life um, professional update. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, at my job, I feel like I, I don't think that I mentioned this because we've been doing so many interviews, but... Um, mm-hmm. Recently, we have a resiliency group, and it's essentially mm-hmm. a self-care group for staff. Um, I am a co-facilitator. Uh, my friend Was this Natu- something that was started since you've been there? Yes. Like, did you guys start this? Uh, I, I didn't did. start it. I actually, and now I look back and I'm like, shit, I'm offended. Um, I wasn't the choice to be the uh-huh. co-facilitator. Um, it was this uh-huh. other woman, uh, but she was she left the agency. She was pretty toxic. Um, I don't uh-huh. think she would have been a great... 
boundary person. Yeah, like a great person for that role. Right. <laughs> she wasn't even a therapist. And I was like, okay. What? I mean, like, yes, you can be a substance abuse counselor and be fucking amazing at your job. But it doesn't mean that you're a mental health counselor, right? And and yeah. the group was supposed to be mostly um, focused on mental health of the staff. And so... Huh? One of our rules, Matt's bringing me more wine because I told him I didn't want to stop recording, and so I texted him and I was like, can you please bring me some more? I don't want to get up. Um, But, so we um, started this resiliency group. One of the rules was that if we as a group um, of clinicians felt that there was an issue that needed to be addressed, that we weren't just Mm going to bitch about it in in our resiliency yeah. group, we were going to organize and present it to the leadership yes. team. And so yes. we did. Um, we wrote this. We made, like, a list of, like, nine requests. Um, mm-hmm. All things that weigh pr- pretty heavily on us <clears throat> um, yeah. daily at the job. And I think just makes mm-hmm. the job a lot more stressful. I mean, being an SUG counselor in a... Hi. Oh, did you open a whole new wine? Oh. Okay. Thank you, Matthew. Um, maybe I'll cut that out. Uh, anyway, um, so that's not that wine's been open for like two weeks. Anyway, so um, (laughs) so we put together yeah like nine requests and wrote like a professional letter. Um, Natu and I took it individually to each clinician so that they didn't feel okay. pressure to yep. sign it because the last thing I wanted to do was talk for people. I didn't want to do yes. that. I didn't want um, <clears throat> people who felt like their job was in a more unstable place to be putting their neck out. Um, yes. And so most everybody signed except for one new person and this one guy uh-huh. who... Um, just was afraid to so uh he he signed anonymously but um so we did present it uh Uh, we presented it to our clinical director and our executive director Uh um the clinical or so the first meeting went okay we like went Uh in very diplomatic very professional Uh um explained in depth you know what we expected for our Uh um for the, uh, sorry, for moving forward, my brain's shutting down. Um, <laughs> and so we, we explained, you know, what we expected, what we thought might be feasible to get done. And it was a fine meeting. We scheduled three weeks follow-up. The follow-up happened on Monday, and it was fine. Um, our executive director has a very good poker face he's very Mm. uh professional and bureaucratic i would say um Mm -hmm. and our clinical director literally just didn't show up and he didn't say that he wasn't coming and the executive director said i texted him and he didn't answer um and he never acknowledged that he didn't come it was really weird it was really that weird. That is weird. Oh, um, my gosh. And also very rude, I will say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it just shows, like, a lack of respect for what we were doing. Uh-huh. And so I wish – what I want from leadership 
in every setting, but especially a mental health setting, is just for leadership to be honest and to put down their guard and to say, we're trying really hard, but this is how we feel and this is Mm -hmm. why things aren't moving forward. So they gave us a couple of the points that will move forward and then some of the things that they liked, but they wanted to move forward slowly. Mm -hmm. But... It's just a really frustrating situation because we have, on one end, you know, we have the people who act professionally, which is mm-hmm. our executive director, my boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm not, like, speaking too out of turn, but I don't think anyone's going to listen. Um, so, <laughs> so we have people who act very um, professionally, kind of closed mm-hmm. off. Um, yeah. My boss, I would say, I feel much more comfortable being vulnerable and open with her, um, obviously, yeah. than I do the executive director. But yeah, then we have our um, boundary uh, ignoring leadership, I would say. I think that some yeah. of our leadership straight up ignores boundaries. Um, yeah. One of the members on the leadership team got with me. And was saying how they thought that the list of requests was a list of demands mm-hmm. and how it kind of ruined their week. And yeah. how, um, and mind you, I was with them for a very menial routine task. Um, and yeah. I just wanted to do the task and get back to my job. But then yes, we ended yes. up talking about it for like an hour. And oh it my was goodness. just, it was me just explaining, you know, the staff, the clinician's point of view. And um, this person trying to explain leadership's point of view, but it was very defensive. And also, Mm. this is not somebody... This is someone that I like. I mean, I like this person. Mm. uh, But it's someone that I'm not close with, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, And also that I think that that (laughs) conversation was completely inappropriate. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it should have been brought up with me it felt a little bit like she was waiting for me to be alone to like mm. catch, you know, my yeah. attention on it and to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And it was just a really uncomfortable situation. So mm. the whole thing, I don't see it making much lasting change, um, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. Yeah. And I also am having a little bit of, flashbacks of when you and I tried to make change mm-hmm. um I think I truly think that we were just as uh big of advocates but I don't know if we were as organized as and we also had a much mm-hmm. bigger system that we were working in you and I yeah, yeah. Um, whereas mm-hmm. this system's a lot smaller so you would mm-hmm. think that if you get you know 20 clinicians on board we would yeah. be able to enact some change because there's only like 30 Well, the fact that you're members. meeting with an executive director is huge. Oh, we I see don't... him every day. He's in the building. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. um, he's really accessible. We never would have gotten a meeting with our executive right, director. Right, right. So, he, yeah, I, I think that I had higher hopes because I thought yeah. that um, leadership at this current position was a lot more accessible than leadership at our mm-hmm. job. Um, yeah. But I'm still... I don't know. It's very hard to want to give them the credit that they're due and that they're trying and that they are listening. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the fact that 
it still seems like there's not much transparency or there's too much transparency on some of the leadership team's part. Yeah. And not yeah. enough on the Where other one. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, ugh. Well, and I feel like just hearing you talk about this, like, one, first off, I'm just super proud of you because I feel like I was so defeated after we talked about uh, the agency we were both working at that I'm like, I never want to try to advocate for myself again because I felt so... <laughs> stupid and the thing that's like so ironic about it is that one of the main things that we'd gotten to like talk to them about was a change that they told us was not possible financially and then during a fucking global pandemic was a change they made which is also an assumed time where financially we shouldn't be (laughs) making changes that are bad financially but you didn't want to make it before (sighs) I was like, I like wasn't even happy. Not that I wasn't happy when the change was made, but I was like a fucking. Wait, what change was it? With the um, productivity no longer expected on vacation. Oh something. yes, yes, okay. That happened like right when COVID started, and it was like it basically was supposed to allow us to use our vacation sick time, like if we if our clients were canceling right. or if we were having a hard time with sure. productivity, whatever. But I'm just like, so how is that, like now? a financially sound decision when and during a pandemic where there's so much uncertainty and yeah. it wasn't a financially sound decision when we were fine like a year and a half ago but anyways um yeah no I just felt like that it was a very defeating process when we tried to do it at our agency but I mean it's just so frustrating because there are I don't know I think I would love to see an agency or a mental health organization that like, obviously, there are ones that are better than others, but in my experience and, like, hearing from you guys working in other ones, there's just such a disconnect between right. the people doing the work and, like, administration or leadership. Oh, yes. And the thought is that at some point, some of those leaders were the people doing the work, which is yes. also additionally frustrating because I'm like, did you entirely forget about, like, what it's like to do this work when you, like, worked I- your way up or, like... Or did you just jump into this position from somewhere and you had no experience in this? Can like, I also, so I need to tell you, this is like yeah. the most ridiculous part of my conversation with somebody from the leadership team. So this is the person yeah. that I was saying was being kind of inappropriate. Um, okay. Inappropriately friendly and transparent, I think. Um, yeah. But they were saying how, you know, one of our top leaders used to be a clinician he still does private practice but he used to be in our position in this organization and Uh he was amazing at it he has helped me with really difficult mental health cases and amazing great wonderful clinician i can see how he's changed countless lives yeah he is not good at management he is Mm. actively bad at it um (laughs) he knows it so if Mm -hmm. you're listening sir you know this (laughs) i'm not telling you anything that you don't know um if and i to the point where i said if i had a dollar for every time someone in this organization told me that so and so is a wonderful amazing genius clinician but is awful at management then Uh i would have like hundreds of dollars at this point and i haven't even been there a year yet so it's just he's not at he's not working with his strengths. He's trying yeah. to better his weaknesses, but it's just coming down on everybody else. Yeah. And um every at everyone's change, expense. Yes, every change he's made it's been very short lived. Um, um I um have heard from multiple 
co-workers and ex-co-workers that he says he thinks that he's on trial all the time. He just mm. takes it very personally, and that's not mm. what we need. And this is what I've said, is that the organization needs to figure out who they are so that mm-hmm. their workers can figure out if they want to work here. Because right yeah. now we're changing, like, every day. Um, yeah. Nobody fucking knows what, you know, our rules yeah. are. Nobody knows... Yeah. Um, what our mission is, uh, yeah. nobody, no, just nobody knows. Like what yeah. to keep people alive? Yeah, <laughs> for just for today. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. we have such an incredible team of clinicians and coworkers that I value like so gosh damn much. I've never worked with so many beautiful, intelligent people who are also emotionally close to me. Um, mm. You know, we have our friendship, but we didn't work in the same place together when we Mm -hmm. had the same job. So I feel like this is even a different um, relationship than you and I or or you, me, Mm -hmm. Kenzie, and Bree, where, yes, Mm -hmm. those were close colleague relationships, but they, I wasn't around them all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And these people are people that, from massively different walks of life, Mm -hmm. totally different ages, um, totally different, you know, lifestyles, choices, et cetera, Mm -hmm. hobbies, interests, whatever, and yeah. it's so, oh, it's so sad to see them all feel so downtrodden and hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a resiliency group, not this past one, but the time before that. And it was so, the energy was so low and just mm-hmm. so sad. And I just, yeah. I, I wish that leadership could see that because it all mm-hmm. comes out of, care for the clients mm-hmm. and love for the agency and wanting it to be better um, yeah. and people who have been there long enough to see that it used to be better mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it just yeah it's just really so exhausting that's definitely a huge uh, cause of my anxiety recently is just mm-hmm. work stuff because it's just a lot. well and I think that people assume that in our jobs or our type of jobs so much of the stress of what we carry is, like, related to our clients. No! Oh, and my God! it is, but the majority of it is the organizations we work with. Yes! They are so broken and so oh. backwards and just, uh, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot that I'm just like, uh, this, we need so much change and so much improvement. And it feels like, it feels like a lot of the change is just impossible and I know it's not but I don't know I think that there there needs to be a lot more work around that like people realizing that it's it's I mean there are definitely days where my clients stress me the fuck out oh yeah yeah please stop whatever you're doing uh like last Monday whatever day I had three kids suspended I was that was all client stress there was no agency stress that day but uh I think in general like it's just I don't know we are fighting for our clients while simultaneously trying to fight for ourselves while also trying to fight societal bullshit well it's just everything's a fight and sometimes we're just tired and we just don't have it in us anymore that Uh, was uh, and the person on the leadership team that had the poor boundaries that i conversed mm -hmm. with a wonderful person great person Mm -hmm. um and they actually did say you know i don't see that I don't think that the clinicians don't care. I just see that they're tired of fighting. And I was like, holy shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we you know, have 
a bunch of top-down communication about things Mm -hmm. that, you know, are changing and whatnot. And, like, a lot of it, we just truly, we're just like, okay. Like, we ignore it because is it going to be enforced? Probably not. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Is it going to make a positive change? I don't know. Like, did anyone ask us if the clients would enjoy this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, oh, my God. One of the, so... One of the things uh, that reminds me you say about fighting is that in literally every um, every single review that I've had mm-hmm. from any boss since mm-hmm. my internship in mm-hmm. grad school, they've mm-hmm. always said advocacy. You know they have those scales that they rate you on? Yeah, yeah. They always say that advocacy is like my highest one. And it's just mm-hmm. so it's just so interesting because I'm always like, how could it not be? Like if something's not yeah. right... For me, usually it's not for me, but, like, for my coworkers or for my clients. Yeah. Like, how could I not say something? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just, like, always yeah. about, like, this is wrong because blah, blah, blah. But yeah, um, it's definitely something that I'm proud of and something that I try to, you know, carry out consistently in my professional life. But it just, yeah, it does get tiring. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, just feeling like I just want there to be one thing that we're not fighting simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't that be cool? um, we do have a lot of stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm proud of you for doing that. And I hope that there is some change. And if, if nothing else, I hope that it helps leadership start to feel more comfortable in these conversations because sometimes right. yeah I get it yeah it's not comfortable good. for some of your employees to come to you and be like all of these things are not being done correctly or all we need all these improvements for us to feel like that's not I'm sure no one likes that conversation but right. the more we have these conversations the more used to them they're going to be the more you know and hopefully be able to actually make more changes yeah. in the future I don't know right it's the um, yeah it's the same and I'm I'm privileged enough I think in in both you know outside of work advocacy and inside of work Mm -hmm. advocacy that I truly like I've um my independent license now I know that Mm -hmm. I'm not at risk of losing my job and I also know of colleagues of color who have children who etc etc have much more responsibility than I do and I'm more than happy to put myself on the line put my you know name the first on the list because I know that yeah. nothing's going to happen to me, whereas they yeah. can't say the same thing. So yeah. I think it's my responsibility. Which to... is also fucked up in itself. But Oh, my God, girl. <laughs> I whole other thing. We have a whole episode about, like, how frustrated we are with our employers or just organizations in general of their poor responses to <sighs> everything that's happening to black people in this country. That could be oh a whole episode God. just what the fuck as a mental health agency how can you not do better uh but because they're all run by fucking white people that's, that's true why. that's true everyone in leadership is white <sighs> so much work to do but we have to take too. things one one day at a time one session at a time one client at a time one second at a time <laughs> um okay so to end the podcast i want to talk yeah. about because i want to talk about the show I'm watching. I want to talk yes. about media that we are consuming. Yes. Um. What have I listened to recently? I mean, obviously, all the true crime podcasts. Sure. I'm constantly trying to find new ones because I that's still something I fall asleep. Counterclock. The new season's supposed to come out. So did you listen to Thursday. the second one? Because I just started the second one. I didn't even know that it was out. Oh shit! I think I did. 
I think I already did the this one. The one about Stacey one. Stanton or whatever her name yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the new one. The third one comes out Thursday. The, the new one is about um the prom and night so- murders. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I always thought that the guy killed his family and it was like no question. And then Ashley mm-hmm. Flowers is like, dun dun dun, but maybe mm-hmm. he did it. And I, I was like, doing what like the a fuck? mass release, so it's like all 20. Yes. Hours. Yes. I'm not gonna sleep. Anyways, um, no, I do fall asleep to it, and then the next morning I have to just like scroll back until I remember what's going on. Yes. Um, because at some point I fall asleep. So there, I did start listening to Brene Brown again. Um, I don't know. I'm such a. No, I'm not going to talk mean to myself. I wasn't even going to say a bad word. I sometimes get really into, like, self-improvement. Okay. And then sometimes I'm just, like, I'm just, I just want to attach myself to a couch for the rest of my life. So. Sure. I think I'm maybe getting out of the couch phase for a minute and, like, started listening to, like, Brene Brown and, like, some other, like, business-type podcast to uh-huh. try to better myself. Um, but I also just really enjoy Brene Brown in general. I feel like I need to do the work to find the black equivalent to Brene Brown, because I'm yes. sure there is a black equivalent. There and has I, to be. Not that I think, because I think in general, from what I've heard, I'm sure Brene, Brene Brown's fucked up at some point, but in general, I don't think she's been canceled yet. Uh, so <laughs> Fuck cancel culture. What? Yes. Fuck cancel culture. <laughs> I also really, really enjoy that she's a social worker and a social work professor, so... Uh, I, I, I like her. I don't think I... Um... I subscribe to her podcast, but I never listen to it. But there, ha- yeah, yeah, it, she cannot be the revolutionary voice. When is a white person yeah, ever the true. originator of an idea? That's very true. Very, very true. <laughs> she had a quote recently that I really, really liked. Um, it was something about her. She was a quote she had like in her um, office while teaching. It was basically on the lines of like if. Like, that she's also learning as a professor, too. Like, she's not doing her job if she's not also learning. I like that. Throughout the process of teaching. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I've been listening to her again. And then show-wise, um, really good drama, Snowfall. I'm obsessed. The guy I'm talking to she put me onto it, and I, like, I'm so in love with it. I I pride myself in being able to call shit when I watch shows, especially, like, dramas and or thrillers. And you can't? I'm like, oh, I can't fucking call. I mean... Some stuff I've called, but some stuff I'm like, holy shit. Um, so I have caught up, and then the season finale was last week. So that was kind of um, sad. But I did start, we did start watching this show called Dave, which is about uh, Lil Dicky, who's a Jewish white rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a TV show about his life, and it's, it's just funny. I recommend it if you want to laugh, and he says ridiculous shit, like, the whole time. So <laughs> How about um. you? I've been so I finished this one true crime podcast that you might not have listened to. Did you listen to Tom Brown's Body? Mm-mm. So I, I fucking love um like serial type podcasts where they just follow one story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. I love it. Uh, not all of them are good, but a lot of them are good. The new season of American yeah. Nightmare, not that good. Anyway, huh. um, but. Tom Brown's body was, like, pretty good. It was about this uh, teenager who died um, in, mm-hmm. what the fuck, Texas, I think. Um, uh-huh. And he, I don't I don't want to say, like, mysterious circumstances, but he went missing for a while, and then his car and his body were found in, like, completely different places. And so it's, like, okay. kind of weird. Um, I definitely think that it was probably just suicide, but the whole podcast is mm. kind of, like, digging into 
his life and um, different aspects of it, different uh, feedback from his friends. Um, okay. And it's just it's just really good. Like it it was a good podcast. The end of it kind of like bummed me out because mm-hmm. it, it just the mom says something that I don't think reflects super well on her. But I also have a lot of empathy for her, so it was it brought up some complicated emotions. But that was really mm-hmm. good. Um, I'm listening to Counterclock right now. A uh, Hollywood crime scene is like one of my favorite oh, fucking podcasts. I have not listened to that. Oh, I'm going to go real quick. So it's these two women, mm-hmm. and the they're one of them is a uh, recovering addict, and one of them is a recovering uh, or not a recovering, but a very severe childhood trauma survivor. And okay. uh, it's Desi Jedekin and um, Rachel Fisher. And they okay. live in Hollywood, which I've always been really interested in, like, the history of Hollywood. And they talk about different Ooh. crimes that have happened. They also talk okay. about more, like, recent famous people and, like, different scandals and things like that. Um, okay. But I fucking love Desi so much. Uh, she has this one joke, and I can't even tell it because... Nobody else thinks this as funny as I do. Maybe you will. So, (laughs) (laughs) I apologize, listeners. This will not be, like, a funny thing to listen to. But um, they were talking about uh, different, like, 60s crime documentaries. And you know how they were saying that one scene where Uh the people are barefoot dancing in the field. Can you picture Uh this scene in your head in a documentary? Yeah. Like, it's the 60s, they're dancing in a field, they're all barefoot. Uh And then Desi just starts singing, there's something happening here. Like, that song, (laughs) the stop me, what's that sound? (laughs) And it just killed me, because I was like, this is fucking spot on. She also has foster kittens that she names after Sopranos characters, so, like, me, right? How have you not done that yet? That's surprising. How Wait, have you not named any of your kids? I did! My oh. once last, um, last, uh, um, summer, there was Meadow and there was Polly. But I didn't have, like, oh, a, okay. a whole litter that was named after them. Yes. So maybe that's coming up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Desi and Rachel love them. I love them. I already subscribed. Um, board. Have you seen really your own, are, have you listened to Your Own Backyard? Your Own Backyard. So, I did, and I must have listened to it really fast because I don't remember much about it at all. But I know that okay. the guy was just arrested. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We will see what happens. It's kind of cool to think that, like, podcasts can do that. Or at least reignite enough of right, a conversation. Interest. Yeah. To make that Because so often they're like, will we solve the crime by the end of the season? I'm like, no, you fucking won't. You never yeah. do. It's been 30 years. You literally never do. You never <laughs> yeah. solve the crime. Uh, we just all just stop. listen. <laughs> and Saeed is not going to be let out of prison, even though I think I he know. should be. Yes. Just, he did not kill her. Anyway. No, um, so those are great, and I love them. Shows. But did you have a show you want to share? Yes. So oh, I have it. two new uh, reality shows that I'm obsessed with, but the one okay. I'm super obsessed with. So my okay. friend Sam uh, introduced this show called Seeking Sister Wife. And it's literally these polygamous families who um, are seeking a sister wife. And it is just the most ridiculous shit. But there's this one family called the Snowdens. And they Uh are, if they are not the most appropriative fucking histrionic couple in the world, I don't know who it is. Oh my gosh. Um, But they're these, like, 
gorgeous, like, model-esque couple. They're both black, but they made up their own religion that, like, borrows from Hinduism and then a bunch of other made-up shit. And I'm like, you can't really just borrow from from a religion. You can't just do that. Like, that's not okay. They wear, like, bindis, and it's like, why are you doing... What? Um, So, they're just super appropriative, but they, like, meet this other hot woman, and they're, like, gonna get married and whatever, and it's just ridiculous there's a couple bernie and um page and page uh-huh. definitely does not want to be a sister wife but you know she had this dream that she woke up from she said we need to do it i'm like no you know what bernie told you that you had that dream you never had that dream um, yeah. it's not true i'm pretty sure she's being abused or was because oh, he's no. dead now um but he had a heart attack wait the- he had a- oh my god like, while the show was airing? Uh, I don't know. He's a fucker, so whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know. They got into this big, like, argument with his, like, stepbrother or something, and then Paige uh-huh. was like, you killed my fucking husband and blah, 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 because of the stress. I don't know. It's oh my gosh. wild. And then yeah. there's this one, like... Wait, what platform is this on? It's on TLC, if you can steal someone's cable, and it's also okay. on Discovery Plus. Damn. I don't know how Okay. I'm Discovery Plus is only four ninety nine a month. Anyway. Wow, that's cheaper than I thought. Right? Right? I was accidentally playing for Disney Plus, like, forever, and I just realized it, so. <sighs> that's fun. That's fun. If you have, do you have Verizon? I do. Verizon gives you, like, a free, uh, subscription for, like, a month or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, or at least they did. I don't know if they do anymore. Okay. Um, but, <clears throat> such a good show. There, then there's yeah. this, like, Secret young couple Sister named was. the Winders, who, uh-huh. um, they're just really weird. They only know how to, like communicate by like giggling awkwardly and the <laughs> the husband sounds like Kermit. It's really weird. <laughs> then they have a kid named Sophie and she is so fucking over all of it. She's like, fuck this. I'm three years old. My family's oh, fucking stop. weird. She's, she's like, I can't do this. She doesn't actually say it, but it's like oh her my whole God. attitude I love it. is like, tell her fuck personality. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. over it. <laughs> and then there's another couple who like, literally they got catfished and um, the lady was like this is her sister via text she died and they're like no what <laughs> they're like oh this is so gosh. true <laughs> there and was um there was someone that i like briefly was talking to and messaging and he was like explaining to me this situation and this person that he was like talking to for over a year and like I don't know if they were, I don't think they were, like, dating, but they were, like, definitely, like, consistently talking sure. or whatever, and I, like, didn't have the heart to tell him that he was probably being catfished, because he was, like, yeah, like, every time I was in, like, the city that she lived in, like, she was busy. they would, like, make plans, but then, like, she would have to cancel last minute, and it happened, like, several times, and I'm just, like, I don't know if she was who she was. Unfortunately, she was. baby, you are being if. catfished. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Um, so that show's <laughs> awesome. Highly recommend. Oh. My other show is Temptation Island. Um, it's these, like, four couples go to an island and they're like, we have trust issues and so we need to go to this fucking game show. And um, basically they split up. So they're uh-huh. uh, heterosexual couples. So the women go in a house with all men, hot dudes, mm-hmm. like single dudes, and the men go in a house with all hot what? single women. And what? for a month, they have to be separated, and they have to, like, resist temptation or whatever, and some of them, like, cheat on each other, and some of them, mm-hmm. like... And then every week, it's probably not a week, it's probably, like, every couple of days, but it always feels like yeah. a week, um, they have to... Uh, 
watch clips of their their significant other's most intimate moment with somebody else. Um, and it's like so <laughs> fucked up and I love it. It's so good. It's so oh good. My and then gosh. the the couples from season one, one of the couples like broke they got engaged on the show and then they bro- uh-huh. broke up. Um uh-huh. Because he started, like, fucking some 22-year-old Instagram models and he's, like, 30-something. And I follow him on Instagram and he fucking moved huh? to Mexico and just partied, even though there's a panorama yeah. going on. He's yeah. just partying with no mask and oh all, just being such a fuckboy and it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> so funny. And the shows are, are What are so your good. thoughts on, um... Watching like The Bachelor at your next the next seasons. I will probably still watch it because my friend's yeah. wife and I talk about reality TV all the time, and so we'll probably Understood. watch it. Even though I yeah. hate that franchise and I've not liked it for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I I feel like I was like a late bloomer with. I started watching Colin Underwood season, which is he you know, gay? Did you yeah. see? Yeah, good for him for. Doing that, I mean, he still stalked his ex girlfriend, so I don't seriously, like him, but yeah, mm. um, a lot of stalking happening apparently. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I have they announced who the new host will be? No, or no, but okay. did Chris Harrison officially get like fired? Not fired, but oh, I thought he was stepping away. I thought he was too, but I didn't know if it was permanent or not. Oh, I hope so. I hope I mean, it is too. Also, Temptation Island has this, like, off-brand Chris Harrison guy. Um, his name is Mark Wahlberg, which is very confusing. Um, but he, like, oh my god, he's so funny. And in the second season, in the first season, he's, like, a really nice guy. In the second season, he's uh-huh. like, but don't you think that she's emotionally stunted? Do you even like her anymore? Like, he'll just oh ask god, the couple that, and it's like, damn, like, he's just yeah, trying to cause are. trouble. Yes! Pouring gas on that fire. Oh my gosh, it's that's great. so funny. Highly recommend. I love trash TV. I, maybe I'll get into Temptation Island. What was the one where they, like, had to, like, blind date through the walls? and like... That was Love is Blind. Is that? Is there more seasons coming out of I'm that? sure there is. Okay. The... I feel like it's been forever since the first one. I actually got invested I think in it's that. only been, like, a year. Fuck. I feel like Season like two of The Circle just ago. came out. The Circle I really liked. I too, didn't watch the first one. Maybe I should get it. It's now. pretty good. It gets a little repetitive at the end, but um, okay. But it's still good. Understood. Okay. We hope we've given you some recommendations that yes. you guys can jump in on and enjoy. Also, if you have recommendations, we're also running out of podcast slash TV. Oh so my god! Give them to yeah. us. Please. <laughs> like everyone. <laughs> um. Wow. Thank you for spending all this time with us. Yes. And catching up. We loved it. We had a lot to talk about. We did Life, have a lot man. to talk about. And it's, it's hilarious because we've seen each other like multiple times in the past couple I know. Weeks, so. oh, we always so have nice. so much to say. Um, <laughs> if you would like to follow us, follow us at Free Association the Podcast at, uh, no, that's on Instagram. Or email us at Free Association the Podcast at gmail.com. Beautiful. Um, Thank you so much, everyone. Yes. Have a good night. It is nighttime okay. here. Have a good whatever time of the day it is for you. Exactly. Bye. Bye, everyone.